0: Welcome to the 118th episode of Social Suplex. It's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to all things elite. My name is Austin Sumlitz and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me as always is my good buddy and partner, Floyd Johnson Jr. I kind of already know how you're doing, but how you doing anyways? Dude, so we recorded this morning. We got it done.
1: I was so happy I was like, I can get to show up, everybody can record Monday, and yeah, um, my, the software I use, that I have used in like five, for I think like five or six years, never fails. <laughs> Failed! Literally, I get off the call to load it up into Audacity to edit it. uh, I, You know, edit it like I normally do, and um... It literally just did a blue circle, and then I went to the point where it's supposed to record, nothing was there, and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know, (laughs) I was like, how did that happen, because, like, literally had never happened before, like, I didn't know what to do, so I went into full tech mode, went and checked for updates, made sure my Windows updates were running and all that kind of stuff, but it was pretty miserable. Cause I was like, dude, we like I thought I thought the raw um, kind of the raw emotion of the hour and a half that we were discussing and our different experiences with punk. I'm like really upset people don't get to hear it. Cause I thought it was pretty well, my, good.
0: My emotions are still raw about the moment, trust me. I'm still not over it.
1: Yes, it's just like I just thought we had some good back and forth and it was just like, oh, but it's gone. And every person that has ever done a podcast that I know has a story like this where they Anyone have recorded ever
0: done any kind of recording or a podcast <laughs> or any form of broadcasting or producing content. They've dealt with something like this.
1: Yeah. They, they've done it and it, it sucks. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it sucks. It does. It sucks. Cause it's just gone. There's no getting it back. Like it obviously, even though I got the red dot, it obviously wasn't recording the whole time. I just, like I said I got I get the sound notification, I see the red dot on the screen, that means we're good. And mm-hmm. that that process actually failed me today, which like hadn't happened before so I was not prepared for it. But my tag team partner Austin was gracious and he was like, "Hey, I can record later tonight." And that is awesome of you because yeah, I was like, I was ready to say, hey, no episode this week, <laughs>
0: but it's the CM Punk episode. We have to do the CM Punk episode. There, I would have did. I would have like refused to do an episode. Like I would have refused to not like skip this week. Like we needed to do this week, guarantee. Yeah. Um. And I I I was driving to get lunch before my first day at my new job, and I saw on the way back when I got my food that the episode died, and I was just like crap i was like thankfully when i got into work they're like oh since it's your intro day you only work a half day today and i'm like perfect i have time to record with floyd
1: yeah well thank your job and thank you for doing this again we might as well just kind
0: of jump in and you know get get this done oh trust me i would talk about this moment in pro wrestling every day till the day i die i will be telling my grandchildren about this moment
1: other than my nap today, that's pretty much exclusively what I've been messaging people about. So, that is the thing. Uh, yes. If, again, if you listen to the show, which I know a lot of you listen to, I have a friend that wants to go to All Out in Chicago. His name's Steve. Love him. Uh, And he'd like to go. Uh, He's looking for a ticket, but he's looking for one reasonably priced. So, if you have anyone that may have dropped out of a party or something, like I saw one today where this person was sold her Dynamite and Rampage tickets, uh, but you know decided to keep her all-out ticket, and, and she was like, just with COVID, she go one show, but not three shows. So I, I like it made sense to me. It makes sense. That's a lot, you know. That's I mm-hmm. guess it lessens your uh, chance of getting COVID if you only go to one show. I will I will be at all three. I think. Are y'all going to Rampage
0: and? all out or oh just no out? we're we're just going to all out because okay. my work won't allow for me to miss uh any more days okay so i completely
1: understand that tell them tell them that you'll cover it for uh the
0: uh station <laughs> i wish that they would let me but i honestly don't think there's a lot of people up in this town that likes wrestling Dude. i don't know maybe i'll find some wrestling fans while i'm up here but we'll see
1: Dude, it's just like, just think about 11. You uh, it, Just the story of wrestling and the story of CM Punk. It's national news. His pop was on the front page of ESPN.
0: It was yeah, tweeted out by SportsCenter and ESPN's Twitter account. So, yeah, I know I know how big it is. But regardless, I don't know if it's interesting enough for the people around here. I don't and, know.
1: And I, it know I mean, it completely, it, it probably isn't. But it'd be probably pretty cool if it was.
0: I could make it newsworthy. I could make it newsworthy.
1: Talk, uh, and I just want everybody to know that there's a certain uh, fast food Mexican restaurant that everybody likes to go to late at night. It's complete garbage. I'm not gonna say it because you know I don't want to get sued in case they're listening. <clears throat> but it's complete garbage. All right. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, someone, and not not that I'm talking about this company, but someone put up a picture that uh, Eva Marie is worse than Taco Bell. I did see that. I did see that. And and it made me laugh because I'm like, Eva Marie's terrible,
0: but. I
1: know. Uh, well
0: and then someone else tweeted a different one i heard which was eva Marie is worse than an airport tuna sandwich okay i I can yeah she's terrible don't get me wrong we'll 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 move off from that um like we said we're back i i would talk about this and all day every day till i die so we'll get into the podcast but uh let's sell what we got to sell of course be sure to download this fun show show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify. Share us with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, or any other podcasting platform you listen to us on. A share always means a lot. You can leave a rating and a review. Let us know how we're doing. If you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider Red Circle. We'd be incredibly generous for you to do that. Easiest way to support us is on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all their other podcasts on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S Z U M O W I C Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Big news of the week. We've already been, been talking about it. You know it happened at this point. CM Punk showed up at AEW Rampage, and me, Floyd, my sister Cindy, and a bunch of other people that went to the United Center were in the arena where history was made. There's God more, damn CM Punk showed up.
1: There's one more name that I have to say, because I, I would say he was more important than my name. Oh at, my God. Yes. At All Elite Jeremy. Shout out to my boy. Got us first row tickets. I love you. I told you. Right right uh, next
0: to where Punk jumped uh, into the crowd.
1: Yes. So like I told you, you got a chit. You need anything done. Hopefully the person he needs it done to is not you. It's, it's taken care of. Uh, once in a lifetime... Most memorable experience that I, you know, most memorable experience, like, in wrestling, I compare it to being there for Kofi Mania, uh, Yesel Mania, All In, it compares to all of it. It's
0: just amazing. And I, everyone knows on this show that I am, like, I was denying this up until, like, It was nearly undeniable, the fact that, like, it was all but confirmed. And if it wasn't happening, then the United Center was getting burnt down by the city of Chicago. That's just how it would go. And even as I got in that arena where I was wearing my CM Punk jacket and I wore an AEW shirt and an all-out hat just to make sure people knew I wasn't just a fake fan who only wanted to see the show because of CM Punk, I still didn't have a complete trust in my heart of hearts that it would happen until... Tony Khan showed up before AEW Rampage went out the, went on the air thanking the fans for putting their trust in AEW, thanking for sticking with them and that on this night on Rampage our trust and our faith will be rewarded. And I was like, "Oh my god." Like I was I started shaking and then the show kicked off right out the gate fans chanting CM Punk nonstop. It was going to get to the point where fans didn't get CM Punk at the start of the show. They would be chanting it throughout all the matches. Cult of Personality hits, which is probably got, it's got to be getting millions of streams at this point because of how big this moment was. So shout out, Living Color. I screamed so freaking much, said so many expletives. I was so happy. I can promise you as well, the man that was crying on the camp on air that people, everyone saw. Which shout out to him! I feel you, buddy. I was exactly the same way because I was also crying, and I could see many other people crying as well. So yeah. he was not the only one. He was a
1: representation of the most passionate people in uh, most passionate people in the building. And you know, I saw people crying uh, around me. Uh, I'm not going to say names, but I saw people crying around me and hugging and fist bumping and. Uh, in between the CM Punk chants, giving high fives to people that they don't know, and like it's funny sometimes you are in moments and you're like, you know, y- y- it takes you a while after to be re- like, dude, I'm gonna remember that forever. I we realized it while it was happening that we were gonna be able to say that we were here and it was gonna be an amazing experience. And I said this on the previous recording, and I actually remember it. For anyone that has taken time out of their life, <clears throat> and I assume you have a life, mm-hmm. but you have taken time out of your life to make fun of a man for showing emotion uh, during a very emotional period of time, I, like I, I said it this morning, I'll say it again, I, I feel sorry for you. Because if you mm-hmm. have never been moved to that kind of emotion, I feel like your life is lacking. you know it's just I want you to experience it so you'll never make fun of anyone that experiences it again uh uh tommy dreamer stepped up uh saying he's gonna you know send uh get him to uh come to uh bound for glory and he's gonna try to set up a um Tried to set up a meet and greet with him at AEW. And, you know, it is funny. I had this, I thought afterward, I, you know what? I would kind of do my way. I'd do my best not to be found. <laughs> I just, I honestly, I don't mind crying. I don't. I am very, mo- I'm a very emotional person. I am open with my emotions. I tell my friends I love them like all the freaking time. Believe me, people have to get used to how. Open with the emotion that
0: I ha- I am,
1: but I don't think I want to be known as the crying wrestling fan.
0: Yeah, it's like it's a weird catch twenty two with like how yeah. things catch fire on the internet. Yeah, which it, also, it, it, Brock Lesnar guy, Undertaker guy,
1: they all kind of had cool moments, you know. But yeah. bawling on screen,
0: not really what you want to be named for. Yeah, well, and again, like a lot of people on Twitter really think they're comedians and like they can make a job out of it, which you can't because you're not a, you're not someone like Bill Burr, you're not somebody like any other popular comedian, you're not a Chris Rock, you're not a nobody. You're tweeting about a man crying over something that he loves so much that you can't even understand it because you're too busy making fun of him than to realize how big of a moment this is for so many wrestling fans. So I'm sorry that you feel that way. And I'm sorry that you have such a cynical, awful attitude that is just toxic as all hell. But I really hope that you can find it in yourselves to realize that, like, hey, he enjoyed that so much it moved him to the point of tears. Maybe I should find something that does the same for me. And then maybe I can find something to fill the gaping hole in my chest. So that's that. Let's move on to just... Continuing with this insane moment, because this is literally how Rampage kicked off the show. So,
1: yeah, everyone go check out my video on the the little video clip I had. It's so cool. You couldn't, from my experience, you barely, you couldn't hear the music. Everybody was that loud.
0: I barely could hear Cult of Personality. Like, it was so loud in the building. Like, I heard the opening riff,
1: then 15 minutes of just nothing but cheering.
0: JR hit it right on the head. It's as if Michael Jordan had returned to the United Center, like he was like a god in that building. So, and again, I I couldn't post my my video on Twitter because, like I said, I was throwing expletives left and right. Um, I might try to put it on Instagram or something on my story just for a short period of time. Uh, but I promise you, like I screamed so much that I have no idea what a hangover feels like, except for what people have told me and just the pounding headache you get uh, when you wake up with a hangover. And I'm um, when they, when they described that to me, I'm like, that's how I felt screaming for CM Punk for 20 minutes straight. So yeah. yeah, that's how, that's how crazy it was.
1: Oh, and I just remember something else. I said, CM Punk, yo has, gets a loyalty and a passion out of his fan base That most other people can't get. And my speculation is, like, you see Hulk Hogan, Roman Reigns, the big, big guys. You know, to be that big and that strong and all that stuff, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of people that can do that, right? But with Mm -hmm. CM Punk, CM Punk looks like a normal dude, normal cat.
0: Well, he said he's one of us in his promo.
1: Yeah, he looks like he's normal us. He raised. He was raised a, a sports fan. I mean, he he gets mad when the Blackhawks lose, and you know he he roots for the uh, Bears. I think he sung the uh, the uh, seventh in a stretch at a Cubs game. This dude's he a did. sports fan. He's also a wrestling fan. Grew up loving the Macho Man like a lot of us does. but he took that step and he became a wrestler. And you look at him again; looks like a regular guy, all tattooed up straight edge doesn't drink or anything like that it's just like i've talked to so many people i have you know uh communicated with people that i don't know that are telling me how they got clean and straight and don't mind uh they feel less awkward about being straight edge because of someone like cm punk and to that you know you're not going to be able. He's always going to be a draw, because let's just say CM Punk has a hundred thousand fans, which I'm clearly sure he has more than that. Those hundred thousand fans will go to the moon to watch him wrestle.
0: That yeah, simple. And it's that simple. And like again, I I as well, um, I didn't really consider myself like I didn't know the term straight edge. Uh, when I was growing up, but I did have extended family and this will be the most personal I get on the show really, but I've had extended family have issues with alcohol and drugs. And I've seen like people who smoke a ton and just all that kind of stuff. And just kind of the vibe that they give off. And it always confused me as to why it was perceived as cool in like the media and stuff like that. And of course I saw all the dare advertisements at the time when I was a kid, and a bunch of like, don't do drugs, PSAs and stuff like that. And none of those really clicked to me or anything like that. I was just like, okay, whatever. But then I saw this dude, CM Punk, who proudly proclaimed that he was straight edge, didn't do any of that, and was also an insane wrestler, looked like a badass doing it, and just had a way with words that I hadn't seen of a lot of wrestlers at that time. So when I gravitated towards him, I was like, fuck, he's so cool, just like, I already don't really like the idea of drinking anyway, so I'll just straight up call myself straight edge, like he does, because that makes me feel cooler too. So it's he's there's so many people that just look to him as just a role model, like and and like I said, he's one he is one of my idols, and I getting the chance to meet him was always huge, but now I actually can say I got to see him in a wrestling ring live because I. First Monday Night Raw I ever went to was after he had left WWE. And the house show that I went to in 09, he wasn't on the card. Probably because I didn't think he was a draw. Which, we will fucking get to that. But I'm so glad that I experienced that and I'm so glad that I'm going to be at All Out. But I'll, I'll quickly run through what he said in his promo before we ca- cap off our CM Punk talks. First off, Punk gave a great nod after the crowd finally calmed down from CM Punk chants because they went to commercial and we were still going nuts. Like as they were coming back from commercial, we were not stopping screaming for this man. And he made a great comment saying, "You guys really know how to make a kid feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh." Lovely little comment right there. And he basically he he outright says he's winging this promo, and he didn't plan on what he was going to say because. He didn't know what to say. He just knew he needed to feel it. And he felt Chicago, and he's heard them for seven years. And he's got a lot to cover, but he couldn't get to it all on this night. But he said, the good news is I've got the time. I've got Wednesdays, Fridays, four Sundays or Saturdays a year. I got the time, and I'm not going anywhere. And this was echoed on the media call that happened After the show with Tony Khan, where they were very clear of saying, this isn't a part-time deal, this is full-time, I expect to be around for a while. And moving forward, too, he also told people that if you followed me during my journey and any of my personal decisions made you feel disappointed, which I assume means people that were mad he left the WWE, people mad that he went to UFC and got his ass kicked, people mad that he decided to do movies, people mad that just he straight up said he wouldn't come back to wrestling for the longest time. And people really started to believe him. He said, I understand how you feel. If you can also understand that I was never going to get healthy by staying in the same place that got me sick in the first place and bam, didn't even say the place's name, but that was already a massive shot uh, to WWE. And also with this signing, Tony Khan is outright being like, "Yeah, this is a war now because I just took one of your most over guys that you mishandled, that and you wanted back. Go. They wanted and him he, back. They wanted him back, and he wouldn't come back. And like, and like, I know probably in their heart of hearts they would wish that just Punk would just evaporate and they wouldn't have to pay attention to him, but they know." In their minds, they know how big of a draw he is. Otherwise, they wouldn't even consider talking to him. And despite the lawsuits, despite everything that this company has done to sling mud towards him and everything, they still know that he's a draw. Otherwise, they wouldn't try to pursue uh, him coming back to WWE. So Roman can say whatever he wants about him not being a needle mover or being like John Cena in terms of being over. No, this dude is over as hell. And the company itself knows how over he is, but yeah, no, I. And you, want to, I you want to well, also, you want to know how over he is? He asked people if he can tell him. A, if he he asked the people in Chicago if he could t- tell a story. Said it was hot and took off his Larry jacket. Shout out to Punk's Dog's Larry. Punk's Dog Larry. He's a crazy little dog. Takes off his shirt his jacket to reveal a brand new CM Punk shirt in the style of his original best in the world shirt which has now set the record for most shirts sold of all time
1: Dude, it's fun. It's crazy how much news we got in 10 hours yeah like and like we were, the, uh, we
0: were just waiting for all the news to come in because at first it was just the, mo- the most t-shirts sold in 24 hours now it's the most shirts sold of all time and he they did it in 3, day. days. three, three days. days 3 days 3 days And it sold out so much that they literally couldn't make the original design with the black little rolls on the neck and the end of the sleeves of the shirt. It's now they just can only sell a basic plain white T-shirt because they have to mass produce them so much to the point where they can't do the original design like they normally did, which they'll bring back eventually when it calms down. But I don't know when it'll calm down.
1: Yeah, when I saw that, I took off my shirt because I didn't want to get anything on it. I literally was like, okay, and I put on a different shirt because I'm like, "Uh, yeah, this shirt's going to go into a nice place and probably not get touched very often Um, because, yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, Lucky people in Milwaukee, uh, apparently they're going to have punk shirts the the right way. They're going to have punk shirts at Milwaukee. I guess they had already shipped them to Milwaukee. So if you're in Milwaukee and you got a chance to get that shirt, get it because the original version with the the black neck and the black arms, you're not going to be able to get for months after this.
0: Yeah, not online at least. You're only going to be able to get them at shows, which we'll talk about the experience we had trying to get these shirts to begin with. But yeah, and also, again, to talk about how, oh, he's not a draw. But he really is. He got the crowd to fucking pop by sitting cross-legged in the middle of the ring. He just sat down. That's all he did. And the crowd popped like crazy. So, yeah, the whole not a draw conversation is ridiculous. And it was obviously, we all know Roman said it just to like downplay the situation and be a company guy. And they they knew that Punk was showing up and they really were trying to make it like it wasn't going to be as big of a deal as people were thinking it was going to be or that it was actually going to be trying to take the wind out of their sails. It didn't fucking work. But after Punk sits down and starts talking to the crowd, he talks about how before he felt he had to leave. He didn't want to, but he had to. And that was when he left Ring of Honor. Swerve. He talked about leaving Ring of Honor August 13th, 2005, and he famously came out, and he had tears in his eyes, and now he knows why he was crying that night, because he had made a place where people could work, get paid, learn their craft, and love professional wrestling, and he cried because he knew he was leaving a place he loved, it was a home, and he knew where he was going, because it wouldn't be easy for a guy like him, because like he said, he's one of us. So he said, basically, August 13th, 2005, is when he left professional wrestling. And August 20th, 2021, he's back. And he talks about how he's back because there's a lot of young talent that he wishes he was surrounded by 10 years ago. He's back because there's a couple scores that need to be settled in that locker room. And he's back uh, to work with the young guys and screams out Darby Allen's name. Crowd pops again up in the rafters in the United Center is Darby Allen and Sting. Punk talks about how he's seen him. He's seen him get jump out of airplanes, get kicked down a flight of stairs, get thrown in a body bag and off the top rope, and yet he always comes back. And he's like, you're the first on the list. You're a daredevil, but there's nothing more dangerous you could do than wrestle cm punk except wrestling cm punk in chicago said i'll see you sting and everyone else september 5th at all out live on pay-per-view and then finally kicked off uh, off the show officially by saying everyone thank you for being patient with me who waited seven long years grab yourself a free ice cream bar on me on the way out and bam perfection, lightning in a bottle, one of the greatest moments I've ever experienced as a pro wrestling fan live. And I always thought, honest to God, because I've been lucky in the stuff that I've experienced as a pro wrestling fan, like from seeing All Out, from seeing Double or Nothing, the original Double or Nothing, from being in Madison Square Garden for G1 Supercard, I've seen a lot. I always said that the greatest thing I ever experienced live as a wrestling fan was The Undertaker returning at WrestleMania 34 and squashing John Cena. I never thought I would ever see The Undertaker live. So getting to see that really meant the world to me. And not even question. I love Taker. But this beats it out. And I honestly think other than seeing Punk wrestle, nothing is going to top this. I still think this will be the greatest moment I've ever experienced as a wrestling fan, And I'm. Su- uh, it feels sucky that nothing will top that, but I'm just so happy I experienced it live because there was nothing, nothing could have, I could have been struck by a meteorite in that building and then just burned to a crisp from the flames coming off of the meteor. And I wouldn't care. It was, it was perfect. I can't gush about it enough. Floyd, you got anything else you want to add to this?
1: Yes. Um, I just want to say one of my top five experiences, it's right there. Uh I I've always said I've been very fortunate to be in some very specific places. I was there when CM Punk won his first WWE world title. So again, when he you know when he uh cashed in after Batista on Edge, I was there. I was in the hundred section. That moment was memorable, but it was mostly memorable because most of the crowd didn't know who he was. That's what was memorable about that moment, and I'll take that forever. And then All In when Cody won, Kofi Mania, it's right there with all of that. I I would never, I'd say All In is the greatest event I've ever been to, and I'll probably never beat it. I, I will say that for a long time. And then, you know, All Out, the first All Out. Is clearly my number two. But this, as far as a moment, it's right there with anything. I I, I mean, one day I would love to take, like, really sit down and think about the top five experiences I've had in moments. But good Lord, I, I, yeah, I, uh, it was nuclear. It was nuclear. I felt like for all the people that were there at, uh, I believe it was WrestleMania 18 with, uh, Hogan and The Rock. Right, that was the only thing I
0: could compare it to in terms of crowd response.
1: Yeah, and for those of the people that were there, you know, that's one of the one moments that I was wasn't at that I just like truly wish I was at. Uh, so that's the only thing I can compare it to. It was that kind of reaction, and you know, more people saw it, and then and then because this is specifically about punk, that you know, Rampage on TNT. million people watched CM Punk's that section of the show.
0: Yeah. We were also like, man, it worked out really well because we were able to get the ratings for our second recording. But yeah, 1.3 million in this episode of Rampage was only was higher than every other show that AEW's aired except for the debut episode of Dynamite. So The first time they hit TNT.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. Just d- TNT is like all in on this. Do literally you, networks put shows at the 10 o'clock on Friday section so they have a reason to cancel them? <laughs> do, you, do you not understand this? This is considered the absolute death time slot. They put them there so they can cancel them, right? They they destroyed it and they're making it, you know, must see TV. People 18 to 30, 18 to 49 are going to stay in an extra hour so they can watch Rampage. And it's just crazy. I don't know if Rampage will ever get that number again. Apparently, they would be happy with like just getting 700,000 every week. But good Lord, to anyone that says this man is not a draw, there's the number.
0: There it is. There it is right there. It's black and white. <laughs> T-shirt sales, ratings numbers, how many, like, just the price of what the resellers were selling the all-out tickets on, the average, Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer Radio uh, reported that the average price on secondary markets for all-out tickets, went like, after the show went off the air, like a, like an hour later, $993. The average because cm Punk was announced to be wrestling his first match in seven years at that show, but he's not a draw,
1: like not at all, not a draw uh I, I it's it's crazy to me that you people don't realize how much money it is, but to me, you gotta be on that emotional level with punk to understand the passion that his fans have. I remember. And I've told this story on the show before. WrestleMania 20 uh, was my last WrestleMania, and then I went 10 years without going. any again, just watching at home, throwing parties and stuff. Well, WrestleMania 30, I made the commitment to go. And there was one reason I wanted to go. One reason. I had his stuff. I had everything. But... At Access, they do the meet and greets, and I was like, man, I'm going to meet CM Punk. I bought my tickets and planned my hotel and everything before that uh, Royal Rumble in January. Because, you know, WrestleMania, you got to jump on top. And then he didn't come back. And I was like, man, they're setting us up he didn't come back cause they're setting him up to come for WrestleMania. So I'm like, I'm more dug in. I got to get this WrestleMania ticket. Got to, got to go to WrestleMania. And then he wasn't there. And it like broke my heart to a point. Definitely. And, and I always said, if CM Punk, and this is what I've been saying for years, I was like, if that man ever comes back, I will be at his first match. So not only was I back when he said I'm back for the his Jordan moment, me, you, Tiffany, Sydney, uh Alex, um as <laughs> yeah, many people as I can know. Uh JR will be there in his rare appearance. Josh, we will all be there. Tickets in hand, all be there to see him see him punk's first match against a person that I have become very fond of over the last six months, Darby Allin.
0: Who's also been one of my favorite guys in AEW since the start. Like, everyone's saying Punk's not a draw. Congratulations, you just played yourself. It's not even a question that this man is over and that he's a draw. And I'm just so excited that I get to experience this. I never saw him wrestle live. I get to see his first match in seven straight years against one of my favorite AEW wrestlers currently. And I I, I still can't wipe. It's been like three de- full days. I still can't wipe the smile off my face, truly. And we're going to get into the next matches for Rampage. And of course, we still have AEW Dynamite to cover. But first off, I have to explain my experience with AW Rampage. So, of course, I watched all the matches that were recorded for Dark before the show went on the air at 10, at 10, at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on TNT. However, as soon as Punk finished talking and get, was like, ice cream bars on me, as soon as his promo finished and the music hit, I bolted up the stairs heading for the merch tables to get that shirt. And I checked the first one that was right in front of the main entrance. The line was going up the stairs. Up until the third floor, like for the 300-level seats, I was like, there's no way. So I bolted for the same uh, merch stand that I originally bought the AEW Rampage t-shirts from earlier in the night. So I ran to that one. That one was also a long line, but I was like, I guess I'll deal with it. By the time I get to the end of the line, I notice that it's merged with another line going the opposite direction towards another merch table. The lines were so long that they had met at the ends and completely intertwined with each other. That's how many people were trying to get shirts. And I left as soon as Punk's promo was over. When I finally got the shirts, the show was over. Like Darby, Eddie, Moxley, and Sting were all in the ring sending the fans home happy. By the time I got the shirts, they finished talking and Justin Roberts was like, thank you for coming, drive home safely, and we'll see you next time for the next AEW event here in Chicago. Hopefully we'll see it all out. And I was finally returning to my seat. So everything after this, mostly I saw on the monitors in bits and pieces. I have recently gone back and watched the matches, but even still, like, I didn't experience them live, so I bet I would have had a lot more fun things to say about them if I experienced them live. But I was too busy trying to get a t-shirt.
1: Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, brother. That tag match, because uh, I had again, I watched it this morning. <laughs> uh, was phenomenal. It was like if it was the first thing, everybody would have been into it. Uh, they did the uh, uh, they did a Doomsday Device uh, Canadian Destroyer, and it was just like. Again, it's phenomenal, amazing, and of
0: course, and of course, this match was Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Private, Private Party.
1: Party. Yes, and and it was kind of cool because the way they did it is Luchasaurus, was they were trying to do a double team move with Jungle Boy, and they knocked uh, uh Jungle Boy, off of Luchasaurus to the point where he was in the Doomsday Device position, and then it was a flip over Canadian Destroyer. I believe it was Isaiah Cassidy that did it, but I don't remember. Even from this morning, I don't remember. Uh, That means they're a great tag team because I confused them. Uh, No, but uh, and then, but you know, uh, there was this cool roll-up pin where he was holding Jungle Boy's tights and using the rope, and Jungle Boy still kicked out. And then they hit their uh, finisher, uh, which ends with Jungle Boy. It's like a dual power bomb with Jungle Boy hitting the power bomb, uh, and they got to get the win. But it was a really, really good match. It's like if you happen to get caught up in the AEW, uh, CM Punk is back fan fest, and you missed that match, go ahead and check it out. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and as watching it back, one hundred percent, this match, which was going to determine who would be in the finals of the. AEW tag team number one contendership championship opportunity, which would be settled, uh, I believe they said, uh, at the Dynamite before All Out, I believe. And yeah, these guys, everyone killed it. Private Party still shows is why they're one of the best tag teams in AEW, despite the fact of them not really getting as much high profile tag matches as they were back when they beat the Young Bucks originally in the original tournament for the tag team titles. They are showing you why they are still to be taken seriously and how really good these guys are. I, I truly think they'll eventually be tag team champions. Maybe when they split off from Matt, maybe they'll win them when they're with Matt. I don't know. But uh, Floyd, uh, who can you shout out who got you your CM Punk shirt first before we move on? Mr. Jason j Uh I have to shout him out
1: because he was sitting in the section It it was crazy uh, how it worked out. I got my 100 tickets and then got offered the close tickets. So I gave Jason my 100 tickets because Jason, uh, you know, he does stuff for the show. He's always supportive. He always listens. I'm like, man, you're my boy. Here's the ticket. Right. And the ticket happened to be in the section that was right by the merch table. Like, the same merch table section. So, I don't know when in the CM Punk thing he ran, but he got up there, and he got me, him, and my boy Will. Shout out to Will. Got him. We we all got shirts. Uh, and that was crazy. It was crazy. And he told me, I got you the last 3X. The last 3X. And it's Perfect. just, yeah, it's so crazy how that worked out. How happy I am. I, it it was one of those shirts. And I'll, I'll be real. I would have taken a 2X. And then gotten it signed and framed it. That's how much that shirt. And having that shirt meant to me. And it does suck that everybody didn't get one. That wanted one. And uh, it's like. I, I would say. I would say. Oh man they need to be put a limit on the amount of shirts you can buy. And all that stuff. But that's too much to worry about. I'd just rather count on people being decent humans and letting everyone which, get a shirt.
0: Which, by the way, if you sold any on eBay for $300, which we saw on eBay, you're a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, I don't like you. I, I, like I say, don't listen to the show. I, I don't care. I, I want you to go away. And I mean that. I, I mean, Seriously. you t- You took advantage of this pure emotional moment and tried to make money off of it. I know this is America and that's what we do. But it's still annoying because there were a lot of people in attendance that stayed upwards. I've heard of hour after the show to literally every shirt was sold. And and I mean, every shirt got sold. Apparently, all the people when they got up there and they didn't have the other shirt, they bought another shirt. So every shirt got sold and. It's sad that, you know, a lot of people that really, really wanted the shirt didn't get it. They even hit up Pro Wrestling Tees and they kind of put them in a fortunate situation. They was like, man, if I show you the ticket, would you print me out another shirt? And they're like, nah, it's just the people that were in the building. And it's like, like, we can't do that. We can't do that. You can get a regular shirt and it sucks. It sucks. Because I imagine they ordered enough shirts for the people there to get one. And people were buying them for people at home. And I told my friends at home, I'll do my best, but there's going to be a line around the building. And there was. When we left, I literally had to fight through lines to get out the door because it was that busy.
0: Yeah, no, and like we met up with one of our friends and we were squished into a little corner by the stairs just to be able to talk to him while people were... Looking to get the shirts and the ice cream bars, which I actually didn't mention this when we record the, the first time. Uh, I ended up getting one of the ice cream bars, and I'm not even a massive ice cream person. And it also had vanilla in it, which I'm also not a massive fan of. But I enjoyed that ice cream bar. One, you don't w- I'll enjoy Whoa. I'll enjoy anything with CM Punk on it, but also, like, it wasn't that bad, actually.
1: Pause. Pause. Hold up. We might even discuss this on the show. I actually remember. You don't like ice cream? I've never been an ice cream guy. Whoa, Austin! Whoa. Well, see, I look at your body type, and you know, and I'm like, dude. If only if I could be that skinny, but no, <laughs> no, the sacrifice isn't worth it. God, I love ice cream pretty much as much as I love anything. I'm pretty sure ice cream tastes better than being skinny feels. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh wow yeah good lord yeah like last night i had a mix it's uh it's mcflurry people know it's a mcflurry or a blizzard and it was like reese's peanut butter cups and vanilla ice cream mixed together and oh oh, god yes oh god it's the greatest like dude no
0: ice cream ice cream is love Look, man, I I just wanted my CM Punk ice cream bars. I just literally wanted them to make them just so I
1: could get them. You know, the weirdest thing is I am a very messy eater, right? So I didn't (laughs) want to get it on me. So I tried to wait and it melted before I got to the thing. So I kind of just dumped it out and kept the wrapper. So I don't, I I literally have no idea what it tastes like because I didn't want it to get, someone was nice enough to get us a ride and I didn't want to get it all over their car.
0: Well, you can order one online. I know the ice cream store in Chicago is still selling them.
1: Yes, and you know I'll I'll be in Chicago in ten days. I'll get one. Yeah, just stop by the store. Yeah, now if, they I, if they're smart, there are two FanFest. How are you not going to sell those things at FanFest?
0: Yeah, honest to God, they should just keep selling them. Don't make it a limited thing. Yeah, you hurt yourself in the long yeah, run. Yeah, 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 just sell them at FanFest.
1: I'm like, I'm pretty sure you'd sell out. First of all. The one thing about conventions is most of the time, it's the generic food. You know what I mean? It's just like burger, nachos, pretzels, that kind of stuff. If you're even lucky enough to get burgers, sometimes you don't get burgers. So it's just like to have something like an ice cream bar there, I think, would do well at a convention. Especially because it's so hot. It's so hot. Even with air conditionings and in-buildings, people all up on you at, at those things. They are... They're in there tight, so it would be awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I just amazing experience. We need to we need to move on and get back to not talking about punk for just a second. But it, yeah, such a great experience. Uh, the next match, Jade squashed uh, Jade uh, Cargill squashed um Kira, Kira, Hogan. Kira Hogan. I would have liked to see her more get her more offensive. Kira was part of the Tag Team Champions in Impact Wrestling. Um, but uh, what I gushed over was Jade seeing her in person. It's like usually you see people on TV and they look impressive. Like the first time I saw Braun Strowman and then I saw him in person. <laughs> okay, he, he, I mean, that's what Braun Strowman looks like. Jade Cargill is so much impressed, more impressive in person and unreal in
0: person than she is on TV. That was the one thing I was disappointed I missed in person because I was waiting for the shirt, but I was able to suck it up.
1: Yes. They should sculpt her image and put it in a museum because, as I said today, and I was tiptoed around it, and I'm going to try my best to say it in a way that doesn't offend people, she has the most physically imposing body I've ever seen on a woman while still remaining feminine looking to me.
0: Yeah, no, she's like an unbelievable athlete in in her own regard. Like, oh, no, yeah, it's not even it's not even a question that like you can't you physically can't take your eyes off her because you don't you don't see people like that.
1: Yes, in wrestling, she is one of one. There is not a lot of wrestlers where they are like you know they always say bring something unique. The only thing the only thing that could cause her issue in AEW to me is if Hollywood tries to steal her. Because she has action star written all over her. Play whatever character she wants to. I buy her beating up anyone. So if, if done right, I think it, I've had this thought about a couple people. But I truly think she could be like an evolution of women's wrestling. Especially in AEW. I mean, I know Britt's super huge star. But, you know, you, you need more than one. And I, I just think when I see Jade, I just see money. I just see that she has everything, all the intangibles that it takes to be great. And it's like, and she doesn't need to talk much. But when she does talk, she she has an intimidating way of giving off her promos. And, and she's such a, a unique character because she isn't heel or face. She's Jade. She doesn't
0: like anybody. Like anybody can catch this whooping. Yep, Really? And the match itself, like, it was relatively quick, and it was a squash, but like I said, she's still imposing, she's still a threat, and I think when she eventually does go for that AEW women's title, it's going to be some, a sight to behold, and she will be AEW women's champion, I can imagine, because I don't know how you wouldn't strap your belt to her just on looks alone. Like, wrestling talent, I think she really is getting there, and she does show strides, and promo-wise, she's still good. Um, She has what it takes. So I think she will do well in that position, but really quickly to wrap up a W rampage for this week, we finished off in the main event with John Moxley versus red death, Daniel Garcia. They had 2.0 on their side and Moxley had Eddie Kingston on their side. And this was a pretty dang good way to close off a show that was really only going to be remembered for one thing. It was a good main event. They didn't really need to do too much to just knock it out of the park. It was good, and 2.0 and Daniel Garcia are really showing their worth in these last few weeks of television. They are really showing why you should be paying attention to them, and they are very entertaining. Moxley, of course, is a beast, and these guys did really, really well, and the moment where after the match, after Moxley got the bulldog choke, made him tap out, and then... 2.0 attack Moxley and they started beating up him and Kingston and then Sting and Darby Allen come out for the save was also a great way to finish off the show. But like there was nothing that was going to change people's mind of like, oh, this is what I'm remembering the show for. But it was still on its own a good main event for a rampage.
1: Well, I just want to say. Uh, when it comes to this, there was one more thing I want to add that CM Punk did. Of course, the guy, they've been making fun of the guy that was uh, crying or whatever. CM Punk says, if you are came out and told Bleacher Report, if you're making fun of him, you're making fun of me.
0: So shut the fuck up. I added that part.
1: But uh, yeah, yes, and I just, thought recently. That, I just thought that was so cool. You know, like, it's not just about. You know it's not just about you know making fun of uh it's just not just about making fun of that guy it, it It's like you, all the people that got emotional, we all take that personally, yeah, yeah, and it's just like I took it. It was like
0: we were feeling what he was feeling
1: I'm like, did they did we get caught on camera? No, it's just we were feeling what we were feeling.
0: Dude, if you would have saw me on camera, you would have thought I was hooked on drugs or something with the way I was reacting. Like, I took a needle, jabbed it in my arm, and I was, like, having a complete trip out in the middle of the United Center. I was losing my mind, and I had tears streaming down my face. So I promise you, like, I know what that man was feeling. I was so excited. And, yeah, if if you're making fun of him, he's reacting because of CM Punk, you're making fun of CM Punk. And honest to god we know right now like you make fun of cm punk first off you're gonna get burned on twitter second off he wouldn't be afraid to smack you across the head
1: absolutely and you know it's just i like i said i just think it's stupid it's so so stupid just
0: drop it honestly the guy's gonna get a great experience with what tommy dreamer is doing shout out tommy but like y'all like Find some happiness in the world and stop shitting on well, He, other
1: he might be one of the weird guys that's just not on Twitter and doesn't even know any of this is going on. I hope he is. I hope he <laughs> is <That's laughs> why
0: he's so I bet that's why he's so happy, is because he's not on that app.
1: Yeah. It's like I like I said, I have not had to accept that Twitter is a tool. And just like any other tool, it can be used to fix things, it can be used to build things, but it can also be used to tear things down. That's simple. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to ruin this moment for this man. And I hope he just sticks up a middle finger to the world and call it a day.
0: Oh, I want a picture of him and Punk just flipping off the internet. That would be so good. And that was AEW Rampage. Like, all in all, considering everything else other than Punk, it was a very good show. But Punk pushed it in the upper echelon. Of AEW, it will be remembered as one of the greatest moments in pro wrestling, bar none. Like there, like I think I saw someone who literally commented, like, it's no longer the Road Warrior po- war- Road Warriors pop; it's the CM Punk pop for a pop that literally makes the crowd like sh- like scream so loud that they shake the foundations of the building that they're in. So. Cute, Milwaukee, unforgettable moment.
1: Milwaukee, the challenge has been thrown down. Yep, you better step up. There. Yeah, you better step, step up. up.
0: Yeah. But moving backwards in time, we're going to talk about a time when CM Punk wasn't in AEW, so we won't ha- harp on it for too long. We got to talk AEW Dynamite, and it opened up taking place in Houston, Texas, with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston walking out, and then immediately getting jumped. By 2.0, proceeding to continue to make these guys like get be a thorn in these guys' side, just beating them up. And then uh, they immediately were like, Nope, we're we want our match right now. They called out Sting and and Darby Allen, and the Texas Tornado match between Sting and Darby Allen versus 2.0, Jeff Park, and Matt Lee kicked off the show. And this was a match where it really was a match for a very specific type of person I think because it was filled with a lot of nostalgia because 2.0 is very classic like like annoying tag team heels and then Sting is Sting and Darby is like himself who is also going to be compared to Sting because of how they look but this match was first time Sting was on TNT in about 20 years so this was a moment for Sting to play the hits He played them like he always does, and he killed it, and the crowd was hyped over it. He hit a double Scorpion death drop, which got a great pop. Like, this is for people, like, we always talk about previous opening matches of Dynamite that are so high spot, and people flying all across the ring, and you can't, you can barely keep track of these people because of how much they're flying around, and it's energetic, and it's entertaining, and it's exciting. This is a different type of opening match, which really plays on like your emotions and how you feel about certain wrestlers that have been in the game for so long. Like I, I would show this to a laps fan to be like, yo, look at this Sting's kicking ass in 2021. And that's exactly what he was doing. Darby Allen, of course, one of my favorites, still killing it to this day. And 2.0, we already talked about how these guys improve every single day. And they're showing why they should, uh, will most likely be signed very, very soon by this company. Yes.
1: But- 2.0 is signed. Oh, they are signed. They, really did a, they did, uh, they did, uh, sign D- Garcia hasn't been announced, but, uh, 2.0 is signed and uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, it, like I said, I think they were really, really good. Wrestling is a two way street. The person taking the beating does just as much as the person giving the beating, if not more. So 2.0 was really good in this match. This match was about putting the shine on stink. It worked. It worked in every way. It's like, this is one of those matches where a star rating I don't think is effective because it was absolutely 100% what it's supposed to be. So technically, it should be uh, five stars. But, you know, if you're looking at, you know, execution of a match and you try to look at it like a critic, you could probably throw, throw, some, uh, you could probably throw some hate on it if you want, but I just thought the match was perfect for what it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I think it's really hard to find things to poke at, really. After this was the Spanish God Sammy Guevara versus the chairman Sean Spears. And before the show went off on the air and they were recording AEW Dark Elevation, I believe, uh, Sammy Guevara came out and proposed to his girlfriend, who said yes. Great moment. And Floyd, I know, um, has something to say about uh, Sammy Guevara now that this has happened.
1: no. I just said, is Sammy becoming the new Cody? I, yeah. as a Cody fan, I am waiting for people to start hating Sammy in the way that they hate Cody because too much personal, st- Cody does too much personal stuff on TV.
0: As all he needs to do is announce the, the, his gender, his baby, like have a gender reveal on the show, and then he's done the Cody trio.
1: Oh, dude. So, yeah, I know. So he's, I mean, he's engaged. So he has to get married at a show. You know he does. He's got to put the ring on it at the show. He can top Cody. You know because the relationship is younger. I'm waiting for the Sammy and Pam reality show. I mean the vlog works well, but we need to. No, I'm just. It's just funny because like I said, it happened. Those moments. Of course, the first one was about Fuego. This moment was pretty much about Sammy. Right? They did use it to tell the story with uh, Sean Spears a little bit, but it was about Sammy. And it's just like no one said anything. I saw no negative anything about Sammy G. And it's just funny. If Cody had come out there and did something, anything, you know, anything, people would have been like, oh, my God, Cody's always trying to make the show about himself. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. (laughs) I can't believe he's so pompous. He's so arrogant.
0: So your fandom showing. But
1: does it? Okay. My are is saying you're wrong am, wrong? wrong am I wrong, wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying it's just me sitting there watching it and I, like I said you know I went off on my thing I love love I loved this segment with Sammy Guevara loved it love 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 proposals I weep at them they are my thing rom coms all that kind of stuff love it the big gesture all about it but like I said it just feels like there's this balancing scale where, you know, people hate on my boy. So, you know, I always have to go out the way to fend my boy.
0: Exactly. And like, like Floyd said, Sean Spears used this to get a lot of heel. He being like, well, I'm going to show Pam what a real man looks like and came out was like trying to get up in uh, Pam's face and like really try to like like swoon her during the match Sammy got pissed and started beating the shit out of each other these two absolutely killed it like there was the point where Sammy Guevara and uh, Sean were uh, like on the top rope together and I think Sammy jumped and hit a cutter from the top rope while Sean was there as well and it looked dope as hell uh, this match was really good If for, for people who wanted a little bit more of like a work rate style match after a match that was mainly there to let Sting have a really big moment being back on TNT and really get the crowd excited. Uh, this is where you would go for for hard work rate and also really good heel baby face singles action because Sean is a great heel. He's so detestable and considering how over he was with just throwing his hands up and going 10. He's turned it around completely with him and Tully just being annoying assholes. It works really, really well. And you know, Sammy, you know, I got the fact was able to get the win.
1: You know, I got to bang my Sammy and my Sean Spears is a great worker. uh, Drum here because good Lord. I mean, this dude. Generally you can tell when a job, uh, you know, you can tell us uh, when uh, a person is getting carried, you know when a carry job is happening? Yes. Sean Spears was move for move with Sammy Guevara. He made Sammy Guevara look good. Uh, man, uh, the second rope uh, C four. Uh, man, that was great. Uh, yeah, uh, so it's it's all pretty. It was it was. I just thought he was really good. Sammy Guevara, of course, to start this match. He should be. They're building him for the future. I I, I predicted him versus MJF at all out. So I just think they're really building Sammy to have a go. But, man, again, the person getting beat up is just as important. Sean Spears looked really, really good in this match.
0: Yes, and then after this was a backstage interview with Tony Schiavone, interviewing the brand-new Impact World Champion, Christian Cage, who was then very quickly interrupted by Don Callis, patronizing him, being like, look, I'm still at the top of the wrestling business, and you're still having matches nothing in the world of wrestling has changed and he was like no well i'm i'm in kenny's head i took his impact championship and at all out i'm gonna do the same thing and take the AEW championship and he tells don you think you're the smartest guy in the room but you'll always be a carny piece of shit boom building towards the main event of AEW. Uh, all out and i think it'll be a really strong match as they've shown that christian and kenny can put on a really good match and i'm still very excited to see that and it'll be a lot of fun and this was a cool little segment backstage but moving forward we then had another promo with american top teams dan lambert he's back and he's here to just get under your skin and let's be fair like this is classic heel work. He's doing stuff that's trying to piss you off. And he's succeeding, so he's doing his job well. By using words like cancel culture, calling people millennials, acting like a bitter old man who screams at his TV too much, who you know is a like an absolute dumb piece of shit and you can just tear him apart. But at the same time, he's being loud and obnoxious, so you just want him to shut up and you want someone to come out and shut him up themselves. But it's hard to do that when he has Junior Dos Santos and Andrea Orlovsky by his side. I apologize if I butcher their names. Uh, I am not great at pronouncing uh, foreign names. That's just me. I'm a stupid American. I apologize. But they were on his side, UFC stars in their own right, and he was just like, if you're feeling froggy, go ahead and jump, which I love that line. I think that's such a great comment to make. Uh, and he was doing great heel work. And, like, I know people were really getting mad about him on Twitter. And it was just like, oh my God, this idiot again. And I'm just like, I get it. Like, he's annoying, but he's trying so hard to be annoying that it works. And Murder Hog Monster Lance Archer was going to beat him up again. But then the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, ambushed him, kind of making it look like. Dan Lambert might be aligning himself with the men of the year, which for Ethan Page, Ethan Page has never needed a mouthpiece. And I'm sure that's not going to change with anything that he's not going to be talking, but Scorpio. And it's also a great, is a good, bad guy as well. But um, I mean, in the comparison, like first off, I'm, I just know I've, I've met Scorpio enough times to know that he's a genuinely chill, nice guy. So it's hard to see, but at the same time, Dan Lambert will make anybody detestable. I think so. I think it'll be a good pairing if they end up actually, having him be their manager.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought it was perfect. I I figured, I believe Junior, I believe those people are both like under contract with MMA groups. So I was pretty sure they couldn't get physical. So the whole idea of teaming up with Ethan and Scorpio Sky to be like, hey, we agree with you kind of thing would work. Uh, The most thing I'm excited about, and this is completely speculation for me, I'm putting on my speculation hat. So I'm saying the word speculation so you know I'm not saying this to the inside. I think this is going to end with Minoru Suzuki tagging with uh, Lance Lance at uh, All
0: Out. Give me that, please.
1: He's coming to America. It's around the same time. Lance has not really linked up with anybody in a you know in AEW like anybody you know he's never he's had a few tag team matches but no permanent a person around, that, yeah yeah other than jake so lance archer member of suzuki goon maybe former member would probably be better but member of suzuki goon oh my god and could you imagine chicago one of the smartest of smart mark towns ever when the music of kaze nihare is hits and none of us know the words, but we still will sing along
0: and that pop will be crazy. No kidding. No kidding. We'll see if that ends up being the case, but moving forward, we had the AEW world tag team championships (laughs) being defended by the young bucks against Jurassic express. This was before they would end up getting in the tag little mini tournament to determine the next one. Number one contenders, uh, This was a really strong title match. Like, You're getting a title match on Dynamite, and it's a tag team title match. It's defended by the Young Bucks. You can never go wrong. There were so many moves. I especially love Kenny healing it up by just slamming Marco Stunt with a chair in the back. Oh, it was so good. And I think this was also when he was... Was he wearing the Chick Magnet shirt at this show, or was this beforehand?
1: No, this was the Chick Magnet shirt.
0: This was the Chick Magnet shirt. So the teasing didn't stop two days before he was going to show up. Sorry, I know I said we wouldn't talk about CM Punk, but, I mean, he literally wore a shirt that said Chick Magnet on it. So, bro, I can't fucking help myself. Uh, but this match was really, really freaking good. The healing by the Young Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega and the rest of the Elite was great. Uh, eventually, after uh, Jungle Boy was able to nail a brain buster on Matt Jackson for on a chair... And it looked like they might win it right there, but then Nick comes out, breaks the count. Quickly after, they hit the BTE trigger on Jungle Boy, and they get the pin and win. And uh, they continue to beat up on on Jurassic Express, and Christian Cage, who also came out to try to save the match, was carried to the back, uh, because in the middle, he stopped Kenny Omega from trying to get involved fully in the match, Uh, but then he got hit with a one-wing angel at the end, and then... Pinned, thanks to Don Callis counting the three. So really who won at the end of the day, but they, another great way to build towards the ma- the match at all out, uh, making sure people are still interested in seeing this match a second time, just for a different title, which I think people will, because these two are really, really good.
1: But Floyd, you got anything to add? I, I'm sorry, I on? pressed mute. I was talking. Hi, <laughs> impressive. <laughs> no, no uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this match. This whole angle with Christian, it took me from like, Christian? Why? To like, oh, Christian, let's do this. You know, and that's a good place to be if you're, you know, when you're a fan, is. And, again, I I, I put the hashtag in Tony We Trust because, like, you know, anytime I have, like, I don't know how this is going to work or anything like that, Tony always comes through, you know. Tony Mm -hmm. always comes through. And that's, you know, that that has built my confidence in him like no one else ever as far as uh, right now and how he is booking this show. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how trust in a wrestling company will make people willing to put up with a lot more shit as opposed to jerking them around and having fun doing stupid shit to them. Like, oh, I don't know, having everyone's favorite wrestler, women's wrestler in the company come back only to be the women's champion that they also kind of like in like three seconds. Okay, like if you don't jerk people around, maybe they'll like it more. But anyways, I won't take any more shots, I promise. (laughs) Yeah. Afterwards, we had an interview, a few interviews, actually. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviewing Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the AEW Women's Championship, interviewing her backstage. Basically using it to introduce uh, Jamie Hader back to the crowd, who they hadn't seen in a very long time. Some people would say that they'd never seen her before because her hair is so drastically different than when she was originally on Dynamite. I digress. Uh, Jamie Hader talks about how they were friends and her friend wanted her to come and help. So Red Velvet... Step to me. I dare you. Uh, we'll face off at Dynamite. Building up the match. So, just making sure people know who Jamie Hader is before the match. Nice little quick promo. Not much to say really afterwards. Um, moving quickly along, Paul White comes into the ring to get interviewed by Tony Schiavone and also thanked by Tony for making sure uh, Tony and his son were good and really taking it to uh, the factory and choke slamming Aaron solo and scaring the crap out of QT Marshall. And he was like, man, it was, it was an honor to protect you to help you guys out and to make sure you guys were okay. But it felt just amazing to get back into the ring. And he talks about how it was so great to be there and how it was great to get physical. And he had a huge announcement. And then that's when the factory and QT Marshall interrupt proceeding to be like, listen, with all due respect, there's a reason Tony Khan hired you as a commentator and not as a professional wrestler. And Tony stands next to Paul, who's slowly getting madder and madder as he's talking. And QT says, I'm aware of privileged information because I have a backstage role in AEW. And he throws up pictures of Paul White's surgically repaired hip and all these surgeries that he's gone up to. And basically just to be like, you can't do this anymore. So sit at the desk, commentate while the wrestlers wrestle. And uh, uh, Paul White gets furious with this. And listen, fools, I had a talk with Tony Khan last week. I can still go. And at all out in Chicago, I'm going to have a match. And my opponent is QT Marshall. And QT gets this great, like shocked face look on its face. Such a great cut. And, uh, It's crazy because like if you would have told Austin back in like 2016 when like the 2016 Rumble where Big Show and Kane were just dumping out people left and right uh, from the Royal Rumble and people were booing the living hell out of them that I would be excited about the Big Show, Paul White being in AEW and having a wrestling match that I would actually be excited for that. I wouldn't believe you, but I genuinely am excited to see Paul get back in the ring. QT is a good really good heel and I'm really excited to see Paul White wrestle on aew I want to see what he can do and like it's just nice to see him get to do this because honestly he's a fine enough commentator but like I wanted to see him actually have a match like I okay I'm not sure if I'd want him to like straight up go on a run towards a championship or anything like that but I'm I'm happy to see him wrestle because he's good I mean he's the giant he's Like an attraction among attractions just because of how unique he is. And look, in moderation, Giants still draw in professional wrestling. That's very true still. So I'm very excited still to see Paul White it all out. Uh, No, I am
1: super excited. Um, Like um, there is people that, you know, dress, you, you know, when you get into a show, these shows tend to go a long time. They tend to go four hours. You kind of need a break. This matches the break. It'll probably happen about quarter, halfway through the show. After you've seen a bunch of awesome shit happen. And you're just like, oh. I need, I need Paul White to come punch this guy in the face. It probably won't last more than five minutes. I'm really looking forward to it. Because I have always, always been a big show guy always been a big show guy because he just seems like one of the coolest people ever when you see him in an interview or anything like that and it's very hard to get that type of character across in wrestling so I always thought you know people never got to see like the real him you know what I mean so it's just like it's cool in AEW because he's just Paul right now and it's kind of cool because it is coming across really well
0: one of my favorite things of uh, Paul White was when he was on uh up Up, down down, just talking about destiny the video game and he was so knowledgeable about it that video gamers that were like just regular gamers that watched up up down down were just shocked to see him so eloquently break down like the classes in the game and talk about like all these abilities and how the game works and everything so well like He, No one had ever seen this side of him. They always just saw him as the guy comes out. Well, it's the big show. And then they just see him slam people, throw a fist at somebody and then just kind of smile or be angry or sometimes cry for no reason and then just go about his day. No one really got to see a lot of like tons of uh, charismatic stuff of, of Paul White. And that was one of the ways that I think a lot of people got to see it if they saw the video on YouTube, which is still there. You should definitely check it out. Just search up Big Show Destiny up, up, down, down, and you'll find it. Uh, It's a great watch. But, yeah, I think this will be a great way for us to actually kind of see a little bit of Paul as opposed to the Big Show. But either way, it'll be a lot of fun. And then we got one more backstage interview before we get another in-ring segment, and then we'll get back to matches. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed The Elite basically talking about uh, the Tag Team Eliminator Tournament, which will have Private Party, Varsity Blondes, Lucha Bros, Jurassic Express. The winner would get a match uh, for the AEW World Tag Team titles in a steel cage, no less, at All Out. And, of course, Private Party got eliminated by Jurassic Express. The next match this upcoming week on Dynamite will be Varsity Blondes versus Lucha Brothers, And it'll be a lot of fun. And, Yeah. A, a, a tag team tournament, a tag team title match in a steel cage with the young bucks. Holy fucking shit. It, like they're literally trying to top escalera de la muertes. And I think they might, but we'll see how it goes. I'm very excited.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I was there for one and two. I, I would love to be there for three in a cage. It would be great. Uh, hopefully a main events to show. I, I don't think it will, but hopefully it does. Uh, and if
0: it doesn't, I'm sorry for whoever has to follow it.
1: Yes. I'm a mark for tag team wrestling though. So I, it being presented as the main event would be super awesome.
0: Yeah. But then we had Taz in the ring with hook, giving a warm welcome to the FTW champion, Ricky Starks. And Ricky talks about how Brian cage and him just seem to keep missing each other. So he's like, Brian cage, come on out here. And they cut backstage and powerhouse Hobbs is beating up Brian cage. and He's laughing and, and Ricky's laughing and Taz is laughing, but then Brian starts to fight back and they're like, whoa, 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 we gotta go stop him. We gotta go stop him. And they run off, and then we never see any of Team Taz in the later later in the night. They just disappear. And unfortunately, we, we, we don't like shitting on Team Taz, but like this was the weakest part of the show. And this feud just isn't catching fire like I think they would want. Um, granted, it's not catching fire even in the way that they were expecting, because the fans are very much more invested with Ricky Starks than they are with Brian Cage. Like, first off, Ricky Starks, when he came out, was literally like The Rock if he was shrunken. That's He looked very Dwayne Johnson-esque in this little promo with the leather jacket, the sunglasses, the way his hair was done. He had a really rock vibe to him. And Brian Cage, I like, tries he must, man. He's just not really getting over with the AEW faithful. And it's because of that and because this feud doesn't really have much to go off of. Because mm-hmm. despite the fact of like, yes, Brian Cage got a win over Hangman hey Adam Page one time, uh, Team Taz hasn't won enough for this breakup to feel any kind of weight for it. Like, obviously, DIY, when they broke up, uh, like, lost a good amount too, but people, were in love with DIY and they love Johnny Gargano and they love Tommaso Ciampa. So the breakup was severe when it happened. That that wasn't really the case with Team Taz or with these two guys. And because of that, this is honest to God, like just the weakest area in AEW's uh, storylines going forward but and, it
1: only yeah. gets like 3 minutes I mean this yeah, whole exactly. segment was like 3 minutes
0: Yeah, uh, they, d- they know not to put too much time on it just because people aren't really that interested And Cage,
1: there is a specific way to book Cage Unstoppable Monster AEW never booked him that way like his first big match he lost so I think after he's done with uh after he's done with team tasks, they'll probably ha you know, he'll need to be on dark and elevation destroying people, and he needs to go on a somewhat of a winning streak to kind of rebuild who he is. Shit, you yeah. might even send him to impact and let him challenge for the title there to kind of just reestablish who he is.
0: Yeah, I think that would be fair. Either him going on to dark or like I said, like I do think him going to uh, Impact could do a lot of work for him, too, like if he became, like, maybe, say, X Division champion or something like that. Um, I think that would be fair enough for him to uh, try to regain momentum because, yeah, just recently with his stint with Team Taz and just Team Taz as a whole, like, it's just been one of the weaker areas of AEW. And like I said, it's, it's... It's it's the one thing. It's like there's not a ton of bright spots. Like I think Ricky Starks is a high is a bright spot. Spot Taz is always good, and Hook I think can even be a bright spot too. But Brian Cage is just in a point of like I said, like he's just not really getting much from any of this. So hopefully he bounces back moving forward.
1: He never needed Team Taz. The machine is the machine. So like I said, they they'll be able to uh, revamp his character just like they've done with Miro. Uh, you know, they'll be able to uh, put that behind them. Now I'm all for a Brian cage versus Miro match. I'd be down for that all day.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that could work really well, but after this was super bad, Penelope Ford versus Thunder Rosa. Um, it was good that we got to see more of Penelope Ford on dynamite because every time she appears, I feel like she always gets better. Um, Thunder Rosa, of course is amazing. This match was good. It was a good women's match. Like, of course it was the only women's match on the show. Um, So it was just kind of listed as the women's match. Um, It was a fine enough match. I felt like there wasn't really too much to critique in terms of the match itself. Um, But I think it's really here just for uh, Thunder Rosa to keep building up wins uh, where she'll probably challenge for Britt Baker's title to keep that feud going. So she's just keeping wins going and working her way up to the women's championship, which we should see. I'm sure very soon. And moving forward, unless Floyd, do you got anything to add to that? Nothing
1: to add to that.
0: Okay, we had one more backstage interview. Tony Schiavone there with Arn Anderson and Brock Anderson and talking about what happened when Malachi Black attacked uh, Arn Anderson. And Arn talks about how, like, things happen in AEW fast, um, and he just got word that my son, Brock Anderson, he's only had a handful of matches, but he has a match next week on Dynamite with Malachi Black. And Arn is like, look... I understand what you're trying to do. I appreciate you trying to get vengeance on on him for what he did to me and Cody. But he's so experienced that he will hurt you. And Brock was just like, I understand what you're saying. I don't care. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. I'm I'm going to fight Malachi Black. And JR literally came on mic like, Brock Anderson's going to die, everybody. Uh, and that's that's literally how it's been showcased. It's like Brock Anderson is going to get eaten alive by Malachi Black, and Arn Anderson's probably going to have to watch, and he's not going to be able to look away because it's going to be so horrifying. But yeah, this is fair. This is good enough. I'm I'm, right. I'm, yeah, I'm excited for to see Malachi kill Brock. Uh, welcome to wrestling, buddy.
1: Let me ease all of your hearts that think that the show hasn't been Cody centric enough. I understand. I believe. <laughs> yeah. This is when Cody, how Cody is going to come back. I might be wrong. Maybe right. Probably right. Because, you know, I'm me. Uh, But um probably right. But I believe the beatdown of Brock is going to leave the return of Cody. I don't know if he comes back this Wednesday. I don't know if he comes back this Wednesday. But he will definitely be back. I think he will definitely be back. He might come back. The you know that dynamite on the first But I think we're getting Black versus Cody at uh, All Out I do Or you know I think it's either going to be At All Out or September 22nd in New York I'd prefer it be at All Out uh, You know But we'll, we'll see there uh, But yeah I think Brock's going to You know you know, Get beat, beat unmercifully Because the thing with Malachi Black I love his presentation but I was thinking if they were going to do something with him, they should have been giving him more wins on Dark and Elevation. Or if they were going to move on from this, if they were going to move on from this, that they should have already set up who he was feuding with next. The, the lack of them setting up a next person for him leads me to believe the Cody thing is happening sooner rather than later. I can
0: honestly believe that.
1: That's actually a breakdown. That's that wasn't me just Cody centric pandering. Yeah, that's no, just... he gave it, he gave <laughs> the
0: actual reason. So y'all can chill with the fanboy shit. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but finally, we kick off. We finish off this episode of AEW Dynamite with the main event: the fifth and final labor of Jericho, MJF versus the demo God himself, Chris Jericho. Stipulation: no Judas effect and no Judas music. If he uses the Judas effect at any point, he will be disqualified from the match. Now, this was in Houston. I honestly, God, didn't know how this crowd would do singing the entirety of Judas, the first, cor- the first verse and the chorus. I thought they'd get the chorus perfectly, but the first verse I thought might be a little bit shaky. Honestly, after like the first two lines, they immediately got on point and they killed it. I thought they would have to put on screen like a little like karaoke ball following the words thing in order for the fans to sing along to it. But despite the fact they didn't do that and it was awesome, Houston gave an incredible moment, probably a moment that will be up there in some of Jericho's like defining moments as a professional wrestler. Because that's just it's such a cool moment, honestly.
1: uh, you, You know what's weird? It's the whole idea. I say trust in Tony. Trust is a two way street. If it was another company to remain nameless, to stick with the punk theme, they would have had the bouncing ball. They would have had that, though. They wouldn't have. But Tony trusted his fans to do what they planned on it happening. And they did it. No prompting other than Jericho coming out to the ring. It's it was it was an amazing moment. Uh, You know, and I was like, the only thing is when the song's playing, you can kind of catch with the words, but when you're there, you'd be like me, uh, uh, you know, just kind of moaning because I don't know the actual words. I do know the words now, but that first time it happened, it was me just kind of mouthing along and raising my fist because I had no idea what the words were,
0: (laughs) but see, I'm good at memorizing lyrics, so that would have been easy. That's kind of what you, that's what you do, sir that's what yes, you it do yes what I do but yeah. at the same time too um, the only thing uh, they've ever they ever did that was like kind of like uh, wink wink nudge nudge like learn the lyrics was when like the AEW on TNT account tweeted out the lyrics for the song that's it, uh,
1: did, it did, did, you, did you see how they did it it was so sly <laughs> how they did it it was just like it, you didn't know that that's what they were doing it until you know unless you knew the words like we know the words we knew it immediately but a lot of people were like oh Oh, they're doing the Fozzie thing which is awesome
0: yes exactly but the match itself was a really really good match um great main event a great way to cap off the five labors of Jericho and it cements mjf as honestly the guy who is taking chris jericho's spot he is the torch was passed i think right here in this match from mj from jericho to mjf This dude is going to be one of the biggest heels in wrestling. Honestly,
1: yeah, MJF is coming out to Judas on Wednesday. I am, no
0: question.
1: I I can damn near guarantee it. He is coming to. Yeah, he's coming out to the music, and yeah, this isn't over.
0: (laughs) He's going to pull a CM Punk circa 2009 and like when he retired Jeff Hardy or made him leave SmackDown and proceed to come out to Hardy's music dressed up as Jeff Hardy with the face paint and the outfit and everything. He's going to like completely yuck it completely up in front of the fans just to be like, suck it. I beat him. You can't do anything about it. And it was great too. The moment of Jericho going for the Judas effect, hesitating because he's like, I can't use it. And then quickly... MJF nails the Judas effect, and that arm, that that injured arm that was injured from blood and guts, that had been that had that cast and that metal uh, brace around it for the longest time, and it had been worked on by multiple people in those labors of Jericho. MJF finally uses it to win the match, make him tap out because that arm had been so beat up after week after week after week of matches and Jericho being drained. That Jericho physically could not last any longer.
1: Long-term storytelling. Every time Sean Spears hit him, he hit him in the arm. Every time MJF got him down, he worked on his arm. He then put him in. Uh, he then put him in the arm breaker move. Yeah, the salt, so of the many, salt of the earth so many different times. This whole time has been a uh, you know um, what an effort. Coordinated. Re- coordinated. That's the word. Effort to make uh, Chris Jericho weaker. And then he took his finisher away. And that all played into it. And it came out over the storyline of the week. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't play you a special saying, man, he's been working on the arm. They trusted their fans to figure the F out for themselves.
0: Because the fans are smart and they can see.
1: Dude, dude. Dude, the epic stories that I see on Twitter when people break down a wrestler's action—it's like one of my favorite things. Like,
0: oh my god, like them explaining uh, Hangman's journey.
1: Yes, the Hangman's journey, uh, the video that they made of every every interview with them saying something about the Pinnacle. Uh, wow. One, uh, then they explained why uh, someone did a big long paragraph about how the retribution uh Why each one of them actually joined Mustafa Ali, and it was like any—it was better than anything that I actually saw on TV. So some of the fan explanations of stuff are the greatest thing ever, and it's just with this, it was just played out. MJF, 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 and it told its own story. They didn't have to beat you over the head with it. Uh, yeah, you did. No, did I, some people did. Some people not get it, probably, but. They still understand MJBF beat Chris Jericho.
0: Exactly. But that was the cap off to this episode of AEW Dynamite. And with that and the insanity that was AEW Rampage, the first dance with the return of CM Punk after seven years, that was this week in AEW. Holy shit, what a week it was. And uh, before we get into our preview for Dynamite, uh, Floyd, do you want to real quickly just uh, comment on the uh the demos for um aew aew rampage with uh cm punk and how uh cm punk segment and like how what it did in chicago and like how cm punk segment alone did better in the demos than smackdown hope oh, are you there
1: yes 18 to 49 people 18 to 49 and ninety-two thousand. Uh, point five three in the demo, which is higher than all but the debut episode of Dynamite, uh, which you you've heard. They beat, uh, they beat, uh, SmackDown in every demo except uh eighteen to forty uh except eighteen to forty nine, which where they were like within forty seven thousand people, and people were like, what does that mean? Well, just think about this. Just think about this. Fox. SmackDown's on Fox. That is a over-the-air channel. Anybody in the country with an antenna can get Fox. TNT is a cable channel. You literally not only
0: have... that, too, the time yeah. slot.
1: Yeah, in a world of cord cutters, TNT is a premium channel. The 10 o'clock Eastern time on Friday night is where, like... Let's say a show is doing well, but it may cost too much, right? That's where networks put shows to go die. It's literally, once you get that time slot, your show is probably getting canceled. So, you look at SmackDown, prime time, Friday night, on an over-the-air channel. Uh, Rampage almost hung, almost beat them being a cable channel at the 10 o'clock eastern time it's a death channel because people go out on Friday nights people stayed in to see CM Punk and, and, and I, I would love to see the day plus 3 DVR numbers I'm pretty sure it's in the 1.5 1.5 to 2 million area because the video on YouTube was at 2 million the next day right I think that's yeah. the number
0: well so, yeah and like it was it, it hit 3 million views each video both the promo and the entrance hit 3 million views in less than 24 hours.
1: Yes. So
0: And if I and if I go and check the uh, the the promos right now to see where they're at uh it's at 4 million views uh for the promo and 5.7 million views for the entrance.
1: So there you go. This man was told he wasn't a draw. I, the Roman Reigns interview came out the day before Punk was going. I think it was Thursday. It didn't come out Friday. It came out Thursday where CM Punk, he said his name wasn't the draw that The Rock was, wasn't the draw that John Cena was. Yeah. About that. About that. You're going to have to find a new way to measure it. And the new way to measure it is that pop and that sustained pop. And it was amazing.
0: Exactly. And that was everything uh, with AEW Rampage and Dynamite. We'll quickly go through our preview for next week's Dynamite and a few other headlines. Uh, Dynamite next week, uh, Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson. Sorry, Brock, you're probably going to die. And it's pretty certain that'll happen. But maybe Cody will show up. That would be nice. Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy, continuing the beef that best friends have been having with the Harley family office. Red Velvet versus Jamie Hayter, and that'll be a match that was already announced. Varsity Blondes versus the Lucha Bros in the semifinals of the number one contender tag team tournament uh, for the championships. Uh, winner faces uh, the, the Jurassic Express next week. And CM Punk makes his first appearance on AEW Dynamite. So do you think he's first or last? Oh my god! I don't even know because it's I, got only going to be one. It's going to be one or the other. It's going to be one or the other. I would say first. Yeah, yeah,
1: I could see that. I think that's the way that. I think that's the only way you get the whole show without the crowd just yelling CM Punk all day. So yeah, I think that's yeah, the way. I
0: honestly think so. Too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, it looks like a solid dynamite. Um, it's a very AEW centric dynamite. I. Uh, Malachi Black, uh, Malachi Black, of course, is a former WWE guy, and of course, if you ever walk through the doors of WWE, that means you're a former WWE guy. Uh, Brock Anderson is AEW guy. In each match, you have at least one AEW guy. Uh, Orange Cassidy, AEW guy versus Matt Hardy. Red Velvet versus Jamie Hayter, you can argue AEW versus AEW unless you're a stardom fan, then Jamie was over in Stardom first, but you know most people in America, she's a AEW uh, person. Varsity Blonds AEW team versus the Lucha Bros. I won't say they're AEW because they were on national TV with Impact, uh, Impact, and Lucha Underground. So, but you know they're more, more wildly known as AEW people,
0: or at least in the minds yeah. of the WWE fans.
1: Yeah, and then CM Punk makes you know his debut which will put eyes on all of those AEW people and hopefully open up some new fans.
0: I really hope so. And I think punk is the kind of person that could do that, but more than anybody else, I think, but that was our preview for dynamite next week. Uh, or this upcoming Wednesday, honestly, when this comes out, uh, Going over to Floyd, tell us what we have uh, in remaining headlines regarding AEW. So,
1: again, we, we you know we got to add the information he had, but I'll start with the bottom first. Uh, in response to Nick Khan doing an interview with Ariel Hawani where they said they are changing the developmental system of WWE, and basically uh, the key quote was they want people that come in, learn the WWE way, only know the WWE way, and so, you know, the only way they ever know how to do it is the WWE way. Uh, Tony Khan, uh, the billionaire, billionaire that he is, uh, who just seems to get this business and love it. You there, Austin? Because I got a little beat. Yep, I'm still here. Oh, yeah. No, it's all good. Keep talking. Tony Khan said pro-, for- pro wrestling is an art form. You don't create great artists by training them to paint by numbers in the same way. And that was his response to interviews by Nick Khan. All I could think about it was music. You know how many self-taught guitar players there are out there that, you know, learn the learned different ways other than being with the teacher. It's just to make greatness. You can't just, you know, again, paint by numbers. Everybody can't learn to play the same song. You know, you, you teach yourself and then you become more passionate about it. So I just thought Tony Khan spoke for the fans. And I think as much, as, as much as he uh, wants to beat WWE in a way, he wants to be the reason they get better. You know what I mean? He loves wrestling. So he doesn't want to kill the WWE. He wants the WWE to realize, hey, some of the things they're doing over in AEW, maybe we can apply for the WWE. That's always been my thing from the beginning. I don't want WWE to die. I'm a die diehard WWE fan. Raw's on in the background right now. I never miss it. I just want them to get better. <laughs> That's it. So mm-hmm. and then uh AEW and Pro Wrestling T special event in Schomburg on September second, twenty-one. It'll be announced this Wednesday, August 25th. So I'm letting everybody know. I generally sleep during the day and I will be awake waiting for whatever the announcement is because it has to, you know it's gonna you imagine it's gonna knock everybody's socks off they're gonna have some special guest people there and it'll be uh you know it'll be in that it'll basically be like a third day of their fan fest if you imagine that
0: yeah pretty much like that but with that that will cover everything in this week of AEW, and this will fully wrap it up for this episode of all things elite um we got to thank you guys continually for watching the show, but I will send out a personal thank you to Tony Khan, AEW and CM Punk for honest to God, giving me the greatest experience I've ever had as a wrestling fan. Um, I can never be more grateful for that night. I was so, so happy and I'm just so grateful that I was there. And um, shout outs to everybody going to future AEW shows. that get to see CM Punk. Because you are going to see one of the best in the world, and Jack he's, and Wrestling. And he's not a part-timer, brothers. He's full-time. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. So watch this man tear shit up because he's going to do exactly that. But thank you guys continuing continually for watching and listening to the podcast. If you guys enjoy the show, keep downloading it. Keep listening to us on Google or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you listen to us on any podcasting platform, a share means the world with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, leave a donation through Red Circle. We are at, AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all their other podcasts on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And finally, hopefully you'll be actually hearing this version of the podcast and we won't have technical issues once again. So now I will let Floyd take us on for this episode of All Things Elite.
1: Yes, um, to all out there that have been waiting on the glorious moment where the Pfizer vaccine has gotten FDA approval. It was pushed through FDA approval today. So if that's what you're waking on, go get vaccinated. If you're just a person that's not going to get it, I really don't have a lot to say to you. But uh, to all, get vaccinated. If you're not getting vaccinated, wear your mask, wash your hands, look out for the people around you. Because it's not whether you can get it, it's whether you can pass it along to someone else. And with that, I say, whether you're at home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.